0: Simplistic Advice, episode number eight. Hey, everyone, Dale Melchin here again, bringing you another episode of Simplistic Advice. And one of the things that's been weighing on my mind lately is, and you can encapsulate it in a quote from G.K. Chesterton, uh, and it says, if a thing is worth doing, it is worth doing badly. So what that can mean, that can apply to any number of things. Now, to me, where it applies is when you're starting off doing something, If if you're going on an endeavor and you're completely new to it, you're going to mess things up. You're going to do it wrong. You're going to do it badly, and you're going to have problems with it. The instinct, and I know this for myself, the instinct for me oftentimes when I've messed something up, or at least the way it has been in the past, has been to beat myself up over it and to get upset with myself and... All of these things. Now, it's taken a lot of time and introspection for me to realize that this is not a productive path to follow. And here's why it's it's bad to take that tack with anything that you're new at or anything that you're trying to accomplish. One, it it saps your own energy. It's like you you're basically putting a hole in your own gas tank when you do it. Um, and it's completely pointless. It's this idea of punishments and that we apply to ourselves. And unfortunately, it's a problem in the in the Christian West that we flatulate ourselves when we mess something up. I want to use stronger language here, um, and just so well, I want to use stronger language because I feel it would be more authentic in this case. But I'm not going to. But let me get back to my point. We have this we have this paradigm in the West to flatulate ourselves when we do something wrong and i am not dogging on christianity in any way shape matter or form because we do need to have contrition for the things that we do wrong and we need to own up to them but even even god when we're on at least when we're on this side of eternity does not does not resort to that form of psychological punishment because he is because he's our father and Christ is our brother and the the tact that he takes us with us is that of that of children and god being the perfect father disciplines us in in ways that are are appropriate and the problem when when i mention father or parent or whatever is oftentimes and even i was this way for a long time we have a strong identification with the um with a negative parent. I've spoken on this at length in other episodes. I did not get along with my biological parents. I got along more with my mother than I did with my dad. But for the longest time, the if you want to get archetypical about it, um, my biological father represented the tyrannical king. And for so many years, whenever I would screw something up, um, even the person that was giving me the feedback for it, unless they were just, completely whacked which there was a few times where that happened most of the times it was it was a flash in the pan it was addressed and it was done and over with i was the one holding on to the issue and fretting and worrying over it instead of you know learning learning the path to stoicism learning to let go but the reason why this is a bad tack for us to take culturally is it slows us down it saps our potential, it saps our energy, and it just does no good for for the individual involved. It doesn't do any good for you. It doesn't do any good for the family that you're involved with or the relationships that you have. And so I think a practical way of implementing this saying is to make it okay with yourself to make mistakes. Now, there are things that are life and death. You, It's you know there is a real sense of where in which it's if you're in a situation where it's life and death it's not okay to make a mistake now things do happen and this can be at a, anywhere from a you know if you're an EMT or you're a cop or you're in the military or you're in business you need to have it's a it's almost a dichotomy you need to be okay with the risk and okay with the possibility of, of making a minor mistake. And, not, and you need to be okay with not letting the fear of a possible failure grab onto you. I think that is the best way to apply this. It, it doesn't just apply in those serious situations, though. It can apply in learning a new skill. And sometimes it even depends on the environment that we're interacting with. The environment or the person that we're, or persons that we're interacting with. One area that I will share, um, a few years ago, while I was, I was in search of, I won't say I was in search, I was in the process of trying to reboot my career, and I decided to go into automotive, and it's something that i have been wanting to try out for a long time, so I did it. And I was... I was bad at it, but I think if I had started earlier, or if I had, I I don't know how to put this, because I don't want to absolve myself from the responsibility that I had for it. And nothing ever went wrong, nobody ever went out the door without, uh, with anything, you know, blowing up in their car after I touched it. But, I think it would have helped if I would have had one more familiarity with cars than I already had, because I have some familiarity with it, but I, I do not have a deep sage's knowledge. And the other part of it was the individuals that I was interacting with. I had a, the mentors that I had, God loved them. They were both good people. But on one side of the house, um, I had a, I had a shop owner that was kind of on, had one foot out the door. And, yeah, he would critique me and give me feedback, but you know i I could tell that you know I could kinda tell his heart wasn't in um in what he was doing, especially looking back and the other guy was more type A than I was, and again, this is not, and if either of you are listening to this i'm 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 keeping your names a secret um this is not meant as a as a harsh criticism or anything like that. But that type of environment made it very difficult um, for me to learn. Because on the one hand, I would think that I was okay. But then on the other hand, I really wasn't okay. Because evidently on the timetable of learning things, you you know, within the first six months, you should at least be a C-level mechanic or a B-level mechanic. Um, And I was, (laughs) I was not at that level. And part of it was I'd forgotten formal training. Because that process was too slow and I couldn't make money. Um, that process was going to school. And so I decided entirely learn in the shop. With the with the combined pressure of having to make money, keep a job, and learn while I was working, it did not it did not bode well for me. Um, and that I think part of that was I should have, asked for more expectations on the front uh, out of the gate what do you need me to do what do you want me to do and, and what are your expectations where do i need to be in a month in three months and six months and you know I, i'll i'll gladly take the uh i'll gladly take the the ownership for it because it was something it was something that i was not ready for in any sense. It led me and it led me to come back into uh it led me to come back into painting full time, which I am eternally grateful for. I have not been happier uh I I haven't been happier. I mean, I I'm always happy when I'm working on uh, working on someone's house that sort of thing, especially when I'm painting it. But it was worth doing badly because even though I didn't reap the financial rewards from being a fully fully trained flat trait flat trait flat rate shop technician I learned my way around cars a little bit better. I kind of have an idea of what the mechanic's talking about if I ever have to take the car in. If it's a minor repair, most of the things that go wrong on a car, like if a light bulb is bad or, you know, even if I had the garage, I could probably do most of my own repairs with the exception of the engine. Um You know, I can change my own plugs, you know, and I don't have all the equipment, so it really, you know, it really shouldn't matter. I'm obviously not a professional. I don't have all the equipment. I don't plan on getting that invested on the auto shop side of the house, but it definitely gave me a stronger understanding of things. When it comes learning a skill, though, you need to learn to create the environment where you can learn readily, apply those skills, and then... um, learn that learn the skill, apply it, and then hone it. And that's the and that's the real issue. We need to give ourselves enough mental space to be able to do that. And it's so frustrating to see, you know, not just with myself, but I see it, you know, I've seen it constantly where people are just they gave up too early. Or for and it, it happens for a variety of reasons. Sometimes the job just isn't a the skill of the job just isn't a fit. Um, you have financial concerns, you have areas where you have a, your job while you might be able to move up quickly, you're not getting there fast enough. Sometimes it's unreasonable expectations on our part. Now, those are all things that are within our control. And I don't mean to keep circling around here, but those the, the thing of it is you have to learn the things that you can control and you can't control. You can't control the person in the environment that's making you feel bad about your lack of skill but you can control your response to it you can control whether or not you want to go into that environment and you can control your ego you can you know you can shut it down to the point where you're like okay i'm not a bad person because i don't know this there is an inadequacy but it's not intrinsic it has to do with the skill and i can get better at this It might take me more time for this reason or that, but ultimately when we're able to identify and work past and, and dare I say it work past the traumas and the things that hold us back, that's really where we open the door to see that a thing is worth doing, even if you're doing it badly, because it's and it's a dichotomy. On the one sense, it's okay because as long as no one was hurt, as long as you didn't act maliciously, it's fine. Not every screw up that you or even another person does is is malicious. The problem comes when we fail to learn from the mistake or we fail to learn from the uh from the incident. And that's where I think we get hung up because where we don't want to give ourselves that space to be able to learn we think that it's i'm not i now i am <laughs> oh dale melchin not having the words it, it's difficult to articulate because we'll often give that space to other people but we won't give that space to ourselves we won't make it okay and you know i i hadn't planned and I, maybe i'll i'll circle back to this another time because i'm coming up or am I coming up to the end? I'm not really coming up to the end. But what you need to do is get yourself on a plan to be able to make those things okay so you can, to use the catchphrase, get out of your own way to be able to learn and and to grow. You, you have to give yourself a little bit of an attitude adjustment because what, what, what happened in the past may be your responsibility. But you shouldn't throw yourself under the bus over it. You need to hold yourself accountable and then give yourself the grace to to heal up to move on and to find something. And I'm, you know, and this could be this could very well be something that I'm just in fact I think it is. It's something that I'm thinking through personally right now because you know, I've had a rough I've had a rough couple of weeks with, with vehicle issues. And I'm not necessarily going to get into all that because that stuff's boring, but um yeah you know, we it was definitely a place where where some lemons were made into lemonade and i think that's a good thing so on that note just remind yourself when you make a mistake when you especially as a skill or as i thought that motorcycle got picked up on the huh, i thought that motorcycle got picked up on the on my mic but anyway whether you're learning a skill or trying to form a new habit, the key is to keep going. Because anything worth doing is worth doing badly. You're not going to get any better if you quit. You, you need it. And if you're learning a skill, you need to... There, There is a bit of a bit of hazard control that you need to do. You need to make sure that your... Your mistakes aren't going to adversely affect anybody else. And... If they are, you need to limit that as much as possible. That's kind of how on-the-job training works because the company is making an investment in you to, you know, you, there's still things that you can do that are of some value, so they pay you a lower rate while you're learning the main skill set. And so that's what, that is what is, is key to the whole equation. And being able to develop it, Okay, I need to stop. <laughs> I need to stop soon. So you need to give yourself the space to make mistakes, learn from those mistakes, and to develop the skills at a higher at a higher level. And it doesn't have to necessarily be a trade skill. It can be an emotional skill. It can be communication. Hody Johns and I just did an episode on communication, so you're either going to see that in the Wall Daily feed or you'll see it over here. But in any case, just keep in mind, meditate on the idea. A thing worth doing, uh, it is worth doing badly. Just keep that in mind and roll that around in your head. Remind yourself of it when a mistake happens or if you're new to something. Don't let people haze you. Just be resilient. Focus on what you learned from it. Feel the pain if there is any. And just keep on going. And that my friends, today is my simplistic advice for you. Thanks for listening. SimplisticAdvice.com where you can see all of the things that I've done both with Hody Johns and myself and also check out We Are Libertarians. Uh, they are a tremendous group of folks and they take i um, I don't remember the tagline, but they do a tremendous job introducing folks to libertarian ideas um, with a bunch of fans. Thanks again. This